Hey. There he goes. So stupid. Why am I like this? Welcome to the Offset Pod. Oh, I stopped. It, it happened. Let's stop. It did stop. <laughs> That's fine because I wanted to redo that anyway. Welcome to the Get Offset Podcast. My name is Emily. And my name is Andrew. And we're uh, what, are you okay? Yeah, no, I'm I'm fine. Like my voice, I've been talking to you for like 10 minutes, and my voice isn't fine, and all of a sudden it cracks. <laughs> like full pubescent voice cracking. Oh boy. That's embarrassing for you. I just want to start this episode really quickly by thanking Phoebe Bridgers for smashing that guitar on SNL. I did a little video about it that I released last Monday, and it, uh, I think, was my quickest ever growing video. It's going to be my one of my biggest revenue videos. So thanks for like the the dollars for everybody who watched that and either agreed with me or yelled at me in the comments. Special thanks to all the alpha males who watched it five times to figure out how to deconstruct everything that was being said in order to make women look bad it's great yeah let me just let me just put together my 10 point list of why that sucked seems to be like because every time like when i i i took like the three arguments i saw the most Mm -hmm. and just kind of dissected them a little bit and then there were just more like there, there were more things i can't even remember all of them but um yeah just people people found People found reasons to get mad about that. One that didn't pop up until later, someone said that it wasn't like it, it wasn't environmentally sustainable to smash a guitar. I'm like, the problem isn't like one person smashing a guitar, dude. It's like manufacturers making thousands of cheap, crappy guitars every single year. That's the bigger problem. Obviously. I mean, yeah. But then again, we also banned plastic straws, even though, you know, things like Amazon have much bigger impact, but okay. Yeah, it's (laughs) – there's this idea in like recycling and that the marketing really pushed it pretty heavily onto consumers when in fact that it is like big businesses and corporations that are responsible for the bulk of the litter. But I mean I got to be honest, dude. I've like volunteered to clean waterways, so I've like been in it. Mm-hmm. And like little creeks and stuff, there were so many straws. Of all the things that I saw, straws were the most numerous and the hardest to clean up. So, like, on one hand, I get it. Like, if you can avoid using a plastic straw, that'd be dope. I know there's tons of people who cannot. Like, they, like, there are lots of people who need to use straws. That's a real thing. And, uh, so I can just say, like, if you're going to use a straw, please just, try to dispose of it properly and you can't always you can't you can't you can't anticipate like a seagull tearing a bag tearing a hole in a trash bag well seagulls deserve everything that they get let's be honest those creatures are (sighs) getting flashbacks of your ice cream getting stolen by a seagull or something not ice cream no i'm thinking of a specific instance i think i was in middle school and we were at the beach and i've been surfing all morning and we got out and my buddy's dad was like grilling out and he's like, Hey, come on. The food's almost ready. And I'm like walking over. He turns around and I just see the seagull swoop down and grab a sausage. Now, not just any sausage, <laughs> you know, those sausages that are like horseshoe shaped in the packaging. It's like, make it fit. Yeah. A big link. 
yeah, sucker just like grabbed one of those, flew off 15 feet, going, like the whole thing down. <laughs> That's disgusting. I was like, shit, would, is would, this family appropriate or, um, <laughs> that, <laughs> flew another 10 feet, Dude. keeled over and died because Are it was just too- Are you serious? It just choked ser- on the sausage? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't blame you. That would haunt me forever before it died. <laughs> like, before you finish the story, I'm like, that's terrible. And then you finish the story, I'm like, oh my gosh. I mean, he deserved it, but now everyone's looking at each other like, well, guess uh, we're going to have half a sausage each. Uh, <laughs> my mom yeah. has a story about, like, um, my mom used to have to travel for work and of course you know they would always make the most like whoever she was traveling with they'd like they'd make the most of like whatever time they had like to themselves and i guess once they went to appear and my mom's friend just kept like like making major hints that she wanted like ice cream sounded really were good they invisible before cream. or you said they went to appear were they invisible before or? And um, so my mom just kind of got i guess tired of her friend hinting about how much she wanted ice cream and she was like we're going to get you an ice cream cone. Let's get you an ice cream cone. So they were in this big, long line. They get an ice cream cone. And before uh, my mom's friend can even, or coworker friend, uh, can even uh, consume the ice cream, Seagull comes down, just steals the whole thing. And my mom's friend just starts crying. I'm like, yeah, I would too. Yeah. I'm an adult woman. I would cry if I <laughs> yeah. was like, if I was like, had been thinking about an ice cream cone for like an hour, waited in line for like 20 minutes. And then just before I could even get a bite, a seagull, like that would be scary. Like, and also like upsetting. Well, seagulls are gross. Seagulls are gross, but at the same time, park rangers get protective about them, which I don't understand. Well, you don't want to hurt them. You, they, you just want them to leave they you alone. They can eat every plastic straw on the planet. I dislike seagulls. All right. <clears throat> Anyways, I I don't actually care about the whole plastic star thing. I was just being, I was just being antagonistic. Just to Andrew's gonna get fun. canceled. <laughs> <laughs> canceled no, by the seagull stand mob. <laughs> we do not actually condone murdering seagulls. Or do I we? I don't. If you believe that, does that make you gullible? <laughs> Why did I agree to host a show with you? Sometimes I wonder. Uh, Damn, well, <clears throat> so um, I got something new that's not music related. Oh, oh, that's right, you did. I got a trigger. I finally got it. <laughs> you did, yes. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. So um, finally got that trigger, and I've um, I'm using it right now. I have a, a pork butt smoking. I have – they have an app so you can, like, monitor it from afar, which is really neat. I'd be like, oh, I need to refill my pellets. Oh, the grill temperature is holding actually really steady right now. Oh, yeah. It's really neat. I love it. On I've one made hand? Two, I've made two chickens on it already. I've smoked two mm-hmm. chickens, and they were they were the best – some of the best chicken I've ever had in my damn life. One moment you're like, don't hate seagulls that much. The other moment you're like, oh yeah, I just smoked two birds. Woohoo! Yes, I did. <laughs> but not seagulls because that's nasty. You are what you eat and you are. And what, I don't want to eat plastic eat. straws. Yes, you are what, what you eat eats and you don't want to eat garbage. 
Toy yep. catfish is nasty. I will eat catfish though. Catfish is great. Can be. If it's deep fried. I remember once when I was in um Sandusky, Ohio in the off season and I was in a bar with my boss. I've told this story before, but um I I ordered the perch and the guy taking my order said, Oh uh, yeah, chicken of the lake. <laughs> <laughs> and I looked over at Lake Erie because it was right there, and I thought, "Oh, I should have gotten the chicken." Yeah. <laughs> Ew. Well, <clears throat> I have a couple nasty. questions about your Traeger. Um, mm-hmm. One, I'm going to do my best not to make fun of the fact that you're using a pellet smoker, because as much as I want to make fun of, it, I have to admit that it's really convenient. Two, have you considered yeah. naming it Chris? Why would I consider naming it Chris? I'm sure there's a pun in there. Chris Traeger. Have you not watched Parks and Rec? <clears throat> I have. Chris Traeger, Rob Lowe's character. Oh, see, I don't, I don't remember his last name. Also, I doubt he would use a Traeger. I like Rob Lowe, though. No, I don't name nope. inanimate objects usually. I do name living things, which is why I named my sourdough starter Loretta. Moving on. I hope your 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 Traeger brings you much joy. So and far, so good. I am going to try and repress all of my competitive instincts that says that you're smoking a pork butt right now, and I've got pork butts brining right now to go in my own charcoal and wood wood chunk smoker because yeah know, i'm extra your vertical um, smoker yeah i want an offset smoker of course you're honest we talked about this last week i know this is not a this is not a barbecue podcast no um, but it might get there at some point i don't know yeah i hope not <laughs> i hope that may i hope that remains in kind of like the off like I don't like I don't want to be off get offset to be about offset smokers. I want to sure. be off, about offset guitars. <laughs> Give it six yeah. months. We're gonna have like a really vicious like split. You're gonna completely lose your mind over the puns, and then I'm gonna split off and just retain the name, and just talk about offset smokers. Like how blessed of union of souls had like that that band split off like evenly <laughs> when when those two when um Jeff and Elliot stopped being friends. Someone's listening and being like, did, did she just say Blessed Union of Souls? God, I haven't thought about that band in 25 years. Yeah. <laughs> I did. Speaking of puns and catfish, uh, I saw something the other day that I got a good kick out of. And I don't, I don't warm, have any Rick. way to like set this up into like a good joke right now. I don't have any way to like set this up into a joke. So I'm just going to share the joke and I recommend using it if you can find a way. Is someone <clears throat> kind of mixed it up in said hatfish the idea being like if a man's wearing a hat and you just assume he has a full head of hair but then he totally has a bald spot <laughs> hatfish so like uh tim mcgraw or um brett michaels hatfished sure i like that i don't want to i don't want to shame bald men but no there's no shame in it no i do just think it's I'm, i have a slightly vested interest funny. but mm-hmm I won't Wait, explain what? further, nor will I take off my hat. Are your uncles bald? Uh, 
Yeah. Or your mother's <laughs> brother's bald. Yeah, and my grandpa. Right. I'm, my hairline's already re- receding the same way my grandpa is, and I'm getting a little thin on the back already. Sorry. Yep. It is what it is. I know it's been coming. Yeah. You guys got to enjoy it while it's there, man. Just got to enjoy these luscious locks. While they, while they, get them while they hot. That's the, uh, that's the hand motion that women make when they have long hair, right? Not that aggressive. <laughs> Are you talking about uh, like the hair flip? Oh, I'm, I don't even know what I'm talking about at this point, but my hair is that should have been apparent months ago. I hate how long my hair is. I got to go back to my, um, I mean, I got to try to get an appointment probably like they take it really seriously where I get my hair cut. It's like a rental chair place. Sure. Um, so, um, though my guy, he's a, he's a rock and roll type dude. So I always like going and we talk about guitar pedals and stuff. Nice. It's pretty fun. I well, just had is- a nice uh, chat with uh, Lauren Kelly, one of our patrons. Um, oh, nice. We did a little video share, kind of talked about like recording techniques and stuff and it was fun. So I'm available for that. <laughs> apparently. I haven't had a haircut in a year. And yeah. I think Melissa is gearing up to take a stab at giving me a haircut. And yeah. worst case scenario, I end up with a buzz cut. <sighs> yeah. That's not so bad. It wouldn't be the end of the world if I just got a number one over my whole head. Would it look great? No. Would it be the end of the world? No. I, why I don't, don't you just lean why don't you just lean into the top knot? That's what Rick's done. Because I don't like wearing the Okay, so there's masks. That's the reason. I don't okay. like tying so I don't like having the mask with the ear loops because okay. it hurts my small little ears. Um and when I'm at work for like eight, nine, ten hours at a time, that's just not fun. I'm sorry. So not- I I prefer to tie it behind my head, but then if I have to tie it behind my head and I've got the long hair, it all gets tied up inside of it and then I'm a total baby about it. Okay, why don't you just get the elastic ones that go all the way around? Because I already have ones that tie. But if you don't, if they're not working, whatever, dude. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> you have so your I, excuse and you don't want a solution, that's fine. <laughs> it just sounds like a pain. <laughs> it's um, really not. It's really not. I know. So um, listeners and viewers, uh, we're, Andrew and I are both in Seattle and we got a ton of snow. Yep, we very did. Very unusual. Very unusual for Seattle. No, I think I woke up yesterday like eight inches on the ground. Like mm-hmm. I went to bed and there's like maybe an inch. So. Yeah, same. Like uh, we actually did end up helping someone who's a medical worker. He was having a little trouble uh, turning onto the main road. I was watching him in his in his. Uh, Chevy Tahoe, Chevy Tahoe, like the like lug the the luxury one, yep. and I'm like, I think it's got to have four wheel drive. So I go up there, yep. I'm like, does this thing have four wheel drive? He's like, I uh, I just don't know how to turn it on. I'm like, okay, well I have a bag of kitty litter, and we can help yep. you get unstuck. But if you don't figure out how to turn on your four wheel drive, you're gonna get stuck going up the next hill. Yep. So um. He sat in his car with his manual out and was reading it and Rick and I were doing the kitty litter and Rick said, just, you know, shift it into a lower gear while you get out and then shift it back. Like Rick's 
trying to like talk to this guy. I'm like, oh, dude, you got to learn your car better. Yep. Yeah. Or just get a car with adaptive four-wheel drive like a Subaru. <sighs> yeah, the Subarus were doing great, man. I saw yeah. them zipping up and down. Eh? Not, a, not, a, not a care in the world, just them and the cross-country skiers. Although the, I did see a Subaru have issues, um, right? Because I live right near a, a four-way stoplight. <clears throat> and yeah. the, this, you go past my house and then turn right. You have, it goes up a hill. And he was going up. And then sliding back down. And after about five, ten minutes of me just sitting there sipping my coffee yesterday, it's like it's like nine o'clock in the morning. I'm just sitting there watching from my window laughing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um That is kind of the reaction. Just cop like- showed up. <laughs> Not to like give him a ticket. He was like, here, let me help no, like because no. then he got stuck in the middle of the intersection, like stuck, stuck in the middle of a four-way stoplight, and all the cars are like, Bro, what are you doing? Uh and I'm just staring at this guy like he's got a Subaru WRX, but it's like dropped lower to the ground and it's got the okay. spoiler and I'm sure it's got racing tires on it. I'm just not, so it's, he's got four wheel drive, but that's not going to help him when he's got what look like slicks on. Um, yeah. Might so, have been bottoming out then too. Cause that's, I remember getting my, um, my Volvo stuck once when it was just bottomed out. My dad was trying to teach me how to, to drive in the snow in the school parking lot on a snow day. And then well, he's just he's like this tall bank. He's like, just go drive into that. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and then we got stuck and he had to dig me out. Well, so they tried like three or four times because he kept going up the hill, coming back, getting stuck in the intersection. And like mm-hmm. at this point, everyone who was in the who was waiting at the stoplight was just getting other cars to help push. Like, just get him out of here. They looked visibly upset. Well, and yeah, finally, sometimes, sometimes it's like this vehicle has no business being out here. Yeah. So finally the, the cops are like, you see him go back and forth with the dude and the dude's <clears> like, no, I need to go home. And, um, and the cops are like, nope, go park over there and we'll, we'll, uh, and you're walking home. Get out of this yeah. intersection or it's a ticket. And so, uh, there's a parking lot across the street from, from my house. And so he just went over there, parked and he went to go walk. And I'm just like, Oh, all right, let's find out what kind of guy this is. Let's find out what kind of guy this is. And he comes walking out in like his like, like artificially torn up bleached jeans with white sneakers, a hoodie, all no hat, sneakers. completely bald, carrying a monster energy drink and talking on the phone like guys, walking home will be there soon. And I'm like, <laughs> I'd be willing to bet his name was Kyle. Just full stereotype. It was great. Yeah, dude. Like, if you're going to go out in this weather at all, you need a jacket and a hat. Like, you need to assume he you're going to get not, stuck. Yeah, he was not dressed weather appropriate. Yeah, when I remember a couple years ago driving up to Leavenworth for the Timber Winter Music Festival, and just so many cars, like, we were just stuck in traffic because people would take their little, like, Priuses up of the pass without without um without chains sure and then they're just like spinning out and stuff and like so like on the pass and stuff cops will straight up ticket you if it's um chains required and you don't have them right yeah if it's chains required absolutely need them i it's funny you say that i actually took up race <clears throat> leavenworth last year but it yeah, wasn't the conditions are fine yeah roads are completely but, clear i had no issues yeah earlier in january when rick and i went up there like we had the chains in the back, um, but we we the roads were perfect. Yeah, just the, just we like went, enough snow in Leavenworth for sledding, and um, then we went back to uh, Skykomish to our little weird ass cabin. 
Well, as much as it was kind of like frustrating to watch this dude like spin out, honestly, just sitting there sipping on my coffee watching was great entertainment. It really is. It was dude. just all unfolding. Like, is it a stereotype? Is it a stereotype? It's the monster energy drink. Stereotype. <laughs> yeah, my dude wasn't a stereotype. He just didn't know how to use his car. Sure. They've probably never driven in the snow before. Like, yeah, there was just some some obvious stuff. Like, like just because it's you know a Chevy Tahoe doesn't mean you don't like it has the things that you need to be able to drive in the snow. But you need to be able to turn those things on. Right. Like, you need to figure it out. So, yeah, I hope he got to work and back Ho- safely. Hopefully he got to work safely. Hopefully he understood the concept that four-wheel drive doesn't mean <clears throat> four-wheel stop. Yeah. Rick and I went out there with kitty litter and just kind of expecting to tell the guy, like, if it's not an emergency, you need to probably just go home. But then we saw he was like, he was a doctor and we're like, oh, yeah, you need to go to work. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, it's the only, ultimately that's the only reason we helped him get out because I and then we're just like watching him like go up the next hill and we're like, oh, I hope he remembered to put it back and drive. Right. <laughs> I, uh, oh yeah, man, it's man, it's been entertaining. I, I can drive in the snow just fine. I don't have a problem with it, especially in the Subaru. But I gotta say, um, I don't shovel snow very frequently, and my back is tore up right now. <laughs> yeah, people always get heart attack shoveling snow because they're not used to it. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. Um, yeah. Think about – yeah, because my driveway is a bit of a hill. Yeah. You've been in my driveway before. Oh, and, yeah. I hate your driveway. I hate yeah, it a lot. So I, I shoveled from the str- – so one um, – a car and a half width to get – so I could get the Subaru, Subaru out if I needed to in an emergency. Yeah, that's so smart. I, um, shovel all the way up to the Subaru and the Subaru is parked almost all the way to my front door. <sighs> And there was 10 inches of snow when I started. Yeah. Screw that. And my yeah. whole back is all wrecked. I can feel it like in my, like, how are my well, ribs should, sore? My ribs should it, not be sore. Because your, ab, your abdomens, your, your abdominal muscles. I have those somewhere under here, but I, I just, I don't think about them that often. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's probably the problem. <laughs> um, so yeah, though, that was a solid like two hours to, to get all of that. And by the time I got done, I'm like, well, that sucked. Let me take a photo. <laughs> Remember how much this sucked. Yeah. Um, totally. But I'm also slightly proud that I managed to finish without taking a break. Good. Yeah. Good. You know, I like the snow. I'm glad that I don't have to drive in it. I'm glad that I'm working from home. I'm glad that Rick is currently working from home. And, um, yeah, I'm glad. Glad I don't have to go anywhere because last time there was a big snowstorm. Like I had to, I had to take a, an emergency flight and uh, it got canceled, and it was very, very, very stressful. They tried to reroute me to. I was supposed to go to Greenville, and they were like, "Oh, let's route you to Asheville instead." I'm like, "What the? No!" Well, you no. just take a taxi from there, right? It's close enough. We ended, we ended up going state. to going into Charlotte, and because um, mm. that's just a 90 minute drive. Yep. Yeah, and it had a direct flight. I think it, it wanted to go, um, yeah, whatever, Asheville, and then they want us connected to Greenville. And we're like, it would be faster to just fly directly into Charlotte and drive 90 minutes, whatever. My brother got his crystal and, yeah, crystal burgers, and he was happy. But, um, 
Yeah. So do we want to thank sponsors? I would love to thank sponsors. You can thank the sponsor. Mm. This week's episode is brought to you by Lambertone's Pickups. Awkward pause for emphasis. I like Lambertone's Pickups. I do. I've got, so I've got my set of Cremas in my Jennings and they're phenomenal and I love the way that they sound. And I've been dreaming about a couple of different options ever since we, we visited Curtis before we started the podcast officially. Yeah. Uh, I just want to show off my Lambertones also. They're the Jazz Master Cremas. Um, so yeah, no, we visited him before we started the podcast, and so he's been a friend of the show ever since. And when we went to go visit, we got to try out a whole bunch of things. And um, I've just been—I've had a couple of those tones stuck in my head ever since. And specifically, the the set that I've been wanting for a while now is—I'm um, finally getting very excited for him. That's going to be part of my parts caster build. But the set I'm getting is the um, HSS set so it's the triple shots in the in the neck in the middle position and mm-hmm. it's the grinder which is the higher gain uh humbucker uh, nice because you already have the pafs or the yeah, uh, yeah. so i've got the the cremas which are low output paf style um which super clear uh they've got the they can do the they can do the um the humbucker kind of sound but just the string dif- differentiation uh, it just, there's a ton of clarity and that I really dig that. Um, that's, I always hate when I play through a set of humbuckers and like it's thick, but there's no clarity whatsoever. And that really bugs the heck out of me. Um, yeah. Um, I've got another set of humbuckers that I've had for golly, like a decade now and another guitar over here. I won't, I won't name golly. and shame. <laughs> golly. Won't name and shame, but just the difference side by side is just undeniable. Uh, mm-hmm. So, no, I'm I'm super excited to to jump on that train. I'm excited to have the uh, the higher gain pickup. Have a little bit more fun with that, but also want to get quacky. Want to get the, that strat quacky quack. sound. Strat and quack. The and he's doing the wiring do so well. He's doing the wiring harness too, isn't he? Uh, we're collaborating on the wiring harness on that. Yeah. So I'm gonna Melissa and I are gonna end up soldering it together, but he's helping me with a schematic on that. So. Couple different ideas. I know. Oh, is it David, um, who's listening right now? Um, oh, he had to bounce. He had to bounce. Ah, well, he sent a schematic for a couple of fun options. Um, uh, yeah, I, I'm just toying with a whole bunch of different ideas for schematic. Um, I kind of like the idea of doing a strangle switch. I kind of like the idea of doing a cocked wah circuit. I mean, I got eight different ideas of what I'd want to do with an HSS set. If you've got any creative ideas for what you'd want to do with an HSS set of pickups, given sky's the limit. And uh, yeah, shoot me some ideas. I'd love to hear it out. I just realized, um, probably way too late that when you're talking about the strangle switch that my base six has one. Oh, nice. Yeah. I just completely blanked last week. I'm like, Oh yeah, that thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I was like, I was editing. I'm like, ah, it sounded so stupid. Nah. <laughs> it's all good yes all right are we ready oh check out uh lambertone's website link and video description slash show notes and follow him on instagram 
Yes, definitely follow him on Instagram. And speaking of uh, following people, please like, comment, subscribe to this podcast. Please rate and review on iTunes. Um, subscribe on YouTube. Uh, check out our Patreon. Patreon's supporters get to uh, experience some really fun behind-the-scenes stuff. Our Patreons are currently live-watching or have the ability to live-watch us as we do this podcast in real time. And they get access to um, a special – the $5 and up levels get access to a special Discord server uh, where we discuss whatever the hell we want. And you can mute whatever channels you don't care about. I'm talking about the Star Wars channel for me and also the Dreams channel. And the also Star the Wars Dad one at this channel. point has more or less devolved into memes. Um, okay. Which is – I'm pretty okay with at this point. Um, there's not any fresh Star Wars content out at the moment. I know – Yeah. I know you just uh, want to talk about the Mandalorian when it was happening was the big thing. Right. And then we'd use the, the spoiler feature um, where you yeah, can that's like pretty cool. redact everything and you can, you can choose to un, you can choose to show it if you don't, if you're ready to see spoilers or not. Uh, unredacted. Unredacted. Um, wouldn't that be a great feature? Uh, no, that it's was so, on, it, sounds like. it was a super useful feature when we were, uh, when the Mandalorian was live. Cause I'm mm-hmm. gotta say, so I'm part of some Star Wars Facebook groups. And there's always dumb rules like f- episode comes out on Friday, but like no spoilers until Monday. And everyone's like, "That's fair," but we want to talk about it. Yeah. It's fresh, it's exciting, and so this allows us to do that and get all all nerdy on the spot yeah. live. Yeah. Uh, big thanks to Rachel Buchanan for uh, ordering something from GetOffsetPodcast.com/slash/shop. Yay. Hope she enjoys her her sweet swag. Um, yeah, so that is uh, patreon.com slash getoffset. Yes, if you want to support the show, you can also buy via our Reverb and Sweetwater affiliate links. Um, all things that you can do to help support this channel and this podcast. Indeed. Or even just, wa- even just watching, hitting like, yeah. Everything you do helps us, and we appreciate all of it. We know times are weird. So if you don't want to support us financially because you can't or whatever, that's fine. We don't judge you. I'm going to backtrack to sponsorship super, super, super quick. Okay. Uh, I know I said like follow Curtis on Instagram. So go over to Lambertones, follow him on Instagram. But like the unofficial like extra reason to do that, and I'm not promising anything, but he does do a lot of giveaways and or collaborates he with – He does. Collaborates with like other shops and builders to do giveaways as well. Like it's – of the gear companies like that I'd want to support with my money, this um by yeah. far I think the most number of giveaways on a regular basis. So like definitely go follow and start jumping in on those because that helps even if you don't win, I mean that helps him out. So Yeah. yeah. I've bought all the Lambertones I've ever had. I also have them in my weird parts caster jazz. Um, I'm, I'm sorry, Mustang Bronco. Uh, I'm <laughs> excited. Right. I'm excited to get this build together. All right, so uh, this week's topic <clears throat> is oh, your God, idea. So I've actually just started taking notes about things to. To nobody's going to be able to read that uh, about things to talk about, and mostly I started this because people started saying really weird stuff about the Phoebe Bridges video. I'm like, okay, these are obviously more things that I should probably talk about on a larger scale. Sure. Um, 
But the one that I really uh, thought would be interesting to talk about overall in the gear industry is the fetishization of authenticity. (laughs) I know I've practiced saying that word a lot of times, but just this idea. And I think one of the the weirder critiques, I don't want to say weird, but like one of the, the, the bigger critiques I saw of the Phoebe Bridges guitar smash was that it didn't feel authentic, which, you know, I kind of talk about in the video how like, really it's almost never like off the cuff spur of the moment. I'm going to smash a guitar. It's usually planned and I'm going to smash a guitar. I don't care about as much, but, um, so that was a big, big, big thing that people kept saying. Um, someone even called her an industry plant and then also said that Taylor Swift and post Malone were industry plants. What? Like a fern? Like like a like a spy or a sleeper agent kind of thing, like someone who was contrived specifically to be a pop star, which is very weird. Like when I think of like, so there have been bands and groups throughout the ages that have been essentially been put together rather than formed organically. I think most boy bands were kind of put together by some producer or something like that. You look at like Millie Vanilli and they were really just break dancers who would then lip sync the music. Like that's obviously like not an authentic thing, but to like, I, And I think that like Jack White has put together like put together a girl group once, and at the same like it, so I I like this person said industry plant like just compl- I think he means like completely contrived no authenticity wouldn't have existed at all if people hadn't like plucked her out of the world I guess and popped her onto SNL. So I, I mean, it's even it's if that was the case, argument. why do we care? Yeah, that's kind of where I am a little bit with it. But I feel like um, in the gear industry, that's a big thing, too. I mean, Gibson had that whole play authentic video. They did talking. And I feel that was, I think, a little bit more literal. Yeah, I mean, I think that was definitely more related to, to branding. Um, yeah. And they to be clear. Uh, they also pulled that pretty quickly. <laughs> um, they did. They did. They did pull that pretty quickly. I, like, I don't really want whoops. to call on that, but but I mean, they wouldn't have made it if it wasn't a vibe that they thought could like people yes. potentially would have latched onto. And I think that it's a very fair assessment to say that in music and in art, we we latch on to authenticity, um, and people. I think millennials especially latch and younger latch on to authenticity. Um, We want to have relationships with the brands that we buy from, with the music that we listen to. And that's kind of part of the authentic experience for us. Sure. I mean, think about like, uh, gosh, what's a, what's a good example of something that wasn't like super authentic. It would be like Shaggy not being Jamaican. Like that was his whole vibe, and if I remember hearing rumors that he wasn't, is where is Shaggy from? <laughs> We're like if Scooby wasn't yeah, a dog. Yeah, but like 
uh, to, 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 like, I think that another, like, if you're from Maine and you're do, doing, like, backwards country music, people might question the authenticity of that, you know? Like, you have to be from a place to do the thing. Sure. And I, like, and we're not talking about cultural appropriation here, like, at all. Um, we're just sure. talking more, like, there's there's kind of a fine line between, like, cultural appropriation and you know, authenticity. And It'd I think, be like if my British friend started a, like a Southern rock band. Yeah. And, and they did. And people do do that. And uh, like yeah. the, the blues, which was started by, you know, uh, black men in Mississippi and Alabama and Tennessee, like British white guys are lauded for, for taking the blues and, you know, making it their own thing. Like you think about um, like, specifically Eric Clapton um, (laughs) bringing supposedly bringing the blues to the UK um, or at least making it bigger. And uh, I I mean, were people questioning his authenticity back then? Well, I I mean, they are now, so we can't really look at it in that lens, but yeah, yeah, I think, I think that's the wrong question to ask. Okay. What's the right question to ask? I think the right question to ask is what is authentic and why do we care? That's, that is a good question to ask. I don't, so, cause I, I hesitate to try and like juxtapose, like here's someone who what didn't have their authenticity questioned and here's someone that did have their authenticity questioned. And what's the, what's the denominator they don't share. That's one way you could, right? you could postulate it that way. But I, I think really just kind of, smashing down the whole thing and going, hold on a second, guys, this is music. This is rock and roll. This is, this is mm-hmm. a whole ton of the music that is popular today is rooted in, at least in a former life, an anti-establishment kind of mentality. And for it to have progressed into a, you're not doing it authentic. It's just so ironic. I mean, it is, it is because like, yeah, it's like, I think most people started playing music in their basements or their garages. Like, I don't think a lot of people start playing music at a high level. You know, me. for me, authenticity is like being and staying true to yourself, regardless of what that means to other people. Like, oh, God, I don't love Weezer. But when they came out with that song, Beverly hey. Hills, people were like, I said, I just said I don't love Weezer. I didn't say anything bad about Weezer. So calm down. Um and people were like, oh, that's that, that like people did come out and talk about the authenticity. And he was like, I want to live in Beverly Hills. Like, I want to have the nice things in life. I'm thinking about the things I want. So whether or not that's rock and roll, that was, you know, Rivers Cuomo being authentic to himself. And when I look at somebody like Phoebe Bridgers, who writes these super sad folky songs, but her aesthetic is often like a little bit more. Like she has the, the 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 metal font logo on the guitar, on the drum kit. She's wearing like skeleton onesies. Like I don't think you can say she's not being authentic to herself. She's not trying to fit like match the aesthetic at all, which is you know. And also, like, who cares if it's a marketing thing? But whatever. I don't like. I'm getting farther away from it again. I'm ranting a little bit. I, I mean, just, yeah, I, yeah. Go ahead. I could con- I could break it down. I think it just I think about it a little bit and it very quickly devolves into and yes, like so I, what kind of thing? 
I, I, I kind of fall into the so what category. I mean, yeah. if, if there's a band that – I don't know. I kind of feel a little bit of the so what thing. The other side is I kind of feel like there could be implications to the destruction of the ability for art, true artists to monetize in their creativity. And I think mm-hmm. that's kind of a fear that a lot of people have in regards to pop music and just the music industry in general. I'm not yeah. sure how well-founded that is. I'm sure there's a degree um, to which there is validity to that. But at the same time, yeah. I mean, then you got to really pick and choose or be careful about how you levy that fear and accusation. Um, it's like, yeah. could you th- say, if could you look at the breakout albums from pop stars um, and say like, oh yeah, well, I mean, that was written by a bunch of Swedish dudes. Sure. Yeah. That might be but a much like, better... Nay, maybe. That, that's like, a much better argument than, oh, my, she didn't break her guitar right. Yeah, but at the same time, you can't fake the authenticity of the connection that pop music has with people. Like, sure. regardless of who wrote it, like, is it so important? Like, is the performer more important than the art? Or, or like, the connection? Because you, you can't, of all the things in this industry that you can fake... You can't fake whether or not you make a connection with people. Like there are bands that like producers and labels have put so much time and energy into just trying to force this connection and it just doesn't click with people. And you, cause you can't predict it. You can't really duplicate it. It's lightning in a bottle. And you know, it's, it's a, it's a wave that you ride. Until it, you know, fizzles out. But sure. I, I think that another thing that people talk about a lot, like I like the, like the idea of like a Taylor Swift being an industry plant. One thing I will say is that Taylor Swift's family's money did help her career happen because not everybody has the ability like not every parent has the ability like if even if they have a gifted child like Taylor was obviously a gifted child has the ability to you know drop things and help make this kid's career happen and obviously she had some sort of you know support within her family yeah it's that called enabled, privilege that's fine yeah it is it is privilege it is privilege but it's you can't it's not inherently a bad thing though well, it depends on how you use it. Yeah. Sure. Um, and she, like, if if she was just an industry plan and all she had going for her was family money, she would not be the biggest pop star in the world. Like, you can't, because you can't buy that. There's not really a price on it. Look at people like an acting Army Hammer or Army Hammer or whatever. His pa- like His family's loaded. And yeah, he's gotten some big roles in movies, but... He never happened. It sure. never really happened for him because you can't fake that connection. Like either people connect with you or they don't. No, I mean you can't fake the connection. Whether or not you can engineer it I think is more of the question. But I think the more that I think about it and like – because I've been the person like pop music sucks because it's all engineered and not authentic. Like I've been there before. But yeah. – Who hasn't? I I don't know. I it, this might sound like a total lame thing to say, but I think it to a degree, if some Swedish group of Swedish dudes figured out what the the code is to get to people, 
like get into people's heads and find the way that connects to people on a more calculated level. So what? They, yeah, are the people actually enjoying the music? Or are they harmed by their enjoyment of an art? Right. I, I, I would have more of a beef with looking at rather than whether or not they've cracked a code that connects with people, looking at what they do with that, I think is more of where I would start to find issue in terms of um, the culture that they're they're driving with the, with this code that they've cracked or the, yeah. because they do have a lot of influence and power over the pop world. Um, yeah. And so whether it be if they're, if it's an industry plant situation and the record industry is kind of driving an artist's career and then you see someone like Rihanna who may more or less gets kicked out and has to work her way back in after being a victim of abuse. I mean, that's like, come on now, now we've got a problem. You're, you're misusing you're misusing. I don't know. I, I, I don't think that's, that's where yeah. I start to have more of an issue with the authenticity. Um, quote unquote, um, is kind of yeah. digging into the culture and the messaging that you're sending. But if it's a, yeah. if it's a teenage pop love song, whatever, and a whole bunch of teenagers dig it and who cares? I've Let got, people like things, you know, yeah. and you don't have, you don't have to like things, but like, that's fine. That's also fine. It's fine remember, to not like everything. So in high school, it was my junior year of high school. And at this point, I'd mostly listened to entirely Christian rock um, or uh, the grunge that my dad had snuck onto my iPod. Um, <laughs> and I remember like I was kind of working my way into this friend group of like this, this group of people that I thought was really, really cool. Um, that I had a lot of respect for. And they're like, hey, you want to come eat lunch with us? I'm like, awesome. And the – they would eat lunch in their minivan. One of them, one of them had a minivan and I maybe hate minivans. I don't, I don't care. It was the party van. And so we went to go eat lunch and they just started playing music and like a little bit of Weezer, um, a little bit of Green Day. I'm like, oh, this is cool. And then Katy Perry comes on. I'm like, guys, I thought you were cool. Kind of like in the back of my head. And they're like, honestly, uh-huh. this is just fun music. We enjoy it. Do you have a problem with that? And I was like – and I remember just – wanting to hate it at first and after just hanging out with them for a few months like okay i I think i get it now like it's a little bit liberating kind of step back and be like it's okay to just enjoy just to enjoy it but i mean Mm -hmm. circling it back to phoebe bridgers i mean does it connect with people do people enjoy it is it harming anyone and the authenticity i think why do we care? It, the whole genre is rooted in an anti-establishment, breaking the mold kind of a thing. So the fact that there's now a mold is just purely ironic. Mm-hmm. And if she wants to break it, you know what? That's more rock and roll than any of – I think that's yeah. more rock and roll than any Led Zeppelin wannabe yeah. group that's kind of just recreating a sound. Yeah, I think that – I think that in the end, like – if there's deception involved, that's where you can really – you can question the authenticity of it a little bit. Like if it came out she didn't write her own songs or that Taylor Swift didn't write her own songs and that it was just some some dude in the back or whatever, like that's where the problem would arise with authenticity for me. Um, but as far – like I just – I feel like especially Phoebe probably has – and Taylor at this point has uh, autonomy over their own career – like, I think that they can make a lot of decisions. I mean, Phoebe's on an indie label. I think Taylor basically is running her show. Like, I don't, I just don't see 
there being a huge likelihood of a lot of engineering, like a lot of engineering back there. I am, there is certainly some, somebody at some point at least said that I agree that this is a funny idea for you to wear these skeleton onesies, the whole band, you know, like probably, but I don't, I just, I don't care. Like it's, it's part of an experience. It's entertainment. It's part, yeah, it's entertainment. And if you've got, if I think it's okay for all of the creative agency to not lie on the artist that's the front person for a group. Yeah. I think it's Mm -hmm. okay to have a larger group of creatives that are contributing to creating an experience. I I don't have a problem with that. Yeah. They don't all need to be named. They don't all need to be public. Because it's, it's, I think that. It's impossible to, it's not a solo endeavor, even if you're a solo artist. Like, you need to sure. rely on people who know what they're doing to, you know, get the lighting right, to get the mix right, and you can learn things as you go. But it's very rare for there to be um, a performer who, uh, top to bottom, from the get-go, wants to and has the ability to um, creative, be a creative director for their entire, their entire brand and aesthetic. But let's pull this back to guitar gear a little bit. Sure. And, and you know, because some, some I, of those artists do exist. I mean, you've got like Prince did a whole lot of that, but even Prince had Prince supporting. Prince, yeah, he did. He did. And frankly, he could have used an editor a little bit more. Um, sure. And he did listen to other people and he did have collaborators. His whole first album was like collaboration, you know, and he probably, he had ideas, sure. and, you know, Purple Rain was his idea, but like when you do look at the like some of the things that Prince did just like completely on his own, like the movie Graffiti Bridge or whatever, like where he like let's not pretend that was fantastic because it it was. I love Prince and I find Graffiti Bridge borderline unwatchable because he started pulling away <laughs> anyone who would like say other things. Like it just not all of it was a good idea. I'm glad he had a lot of fun doing it, but. And he got to do what he wanted, sure. but like that, that's authentic, but it was, it was not as good as Purple Rain, which had more hands working on it. Um, and there it is. But yeah. Um, but as far wow. as gear goes, like I feel like uh, one of the big things in, in the gear industry, especially in the boutique pedals is we really romanticize, um, bootstraps. I mean, that's just American. To be like, oh, bootstraps, like you did it yourself. You didn't take any financial help from other people. Like, I know we talked about JHS last week, but we know that they started with, you know, some money from somebody else, right? Um, Was there an initial investor that helped them get off their feet? It's possible. I, I don't honestly know yeah. what their financial background yeah. is. I know that Josh like, started out Walrus- with modding pedals. Yeah, and I think Walrus started with um, investors at least. I think Walrus is a bit more. I know um, in the fallout of Gear Supply Company, I know that they had quite a bit of investment money to help them get off the ground. And they Um, took investors till the very end. Yeah, and I I would sincerely doubt that investors ever actually got back their investment. (laughs) Not at all. I – I think that's just part of business, I, and I don't think that necessarily getting investment help is a handout either because you got to pay it back with interest usually. 
Yeah, um, even if like or, family or or someone or that person takes ownership, partial ownership. Well, there is that, but then you're paying back in value anyways. Um, well, yeah, I mean, so investors, I feel like they, they either like take a percentage or it's a loan and then sure. a loan you would pay back an investor. I think that they typically get like dividends or something. I don't really know. My husband had an investor with his company. I don't remember how that worked out. Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, I think that's all part of business. I wouldn't say that's not bootstrapping it though. If you're starting from the ground up, because trying to land venture capital is not easy to do. You got to convince people to give you their money. Um, right. I mean, that, that right. takes planning and pitching and meetings and probably PowerPoint decks that no one actually cares about. And just a whole number yeah. of things. Um, yeah. And I mean, I mean I, it is bigger I, I'm, in boutique. I'm fine with giving like credit where credit's due. I mean, you have to do that because if you're like selling rebranded, like AliExpress <laughs> guitar pedals, which happens all the time. Yes. And some are just more honest yes. about how, how it comes about. Some are extremely deceptive and that's not super authentic, <laughs> but, uh, and then some like, God, like that little, yeah, that the one that we had a run in with, like, like they're all Donner pedals or gosh, who are the other companies who make, use that same enclosure? <laughs> Donner, Rowan, Moore. Rowan. Um, They're all the same pedals out of the same factory. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just different, like, chassis, vaguely. Different design on the chassis. If you see many pedals being sold by an American company, check. (laughs) Uh, I mean, Mr. Black makes their own mini pedals. Yes. No, I'm not saying that all mini pedals are not. Yeah, but if it's just like something you've not heard of and it's just like a little flanger that's like that big, like a very small little boy. Sure. Not saying don't I mean, don't pay for it, just be aware. Yeah. And it's not saying it's bad. It's just like knowing understanding that it's like where it came from is informed as as consumers like, are the best consumers. Yeah. Yeah. So just like being transparent about what it is, I think is kind of the difference between authenticity and being inauthentic. Sure. I, I'm pretty okay with that. I think with the gear industry, I think where it starts to come back with the authenticity talk is a combination of like business practices and also um, product offerings. Um, yeah. I think a lot of product offerings that kind of break the mold often get the, well, this doesn't sound like what I want it to. It's like, well, guys, that's not the point. And I think, I think the industry is slowly getting better about warming up to a uh, out of the box gear. And I, I don't know if some of that is just a true culture change or if some of that's just a fatigue of the same tube screamer variants over and over again. I uh, I mean, I don't know. I, it is like how many rats can you have? How many tube screamers can you well, have? There's actually not, you can never have too many rats, but tube screamers, I think the limit is two. On one board or just like in the world? In general, yeah. In the world? No, like per person. Per per. Okay, all right. Specifically two. But you can have as many rats as. Yes, absolutely as many rats as you, you as you can handle. Um, you know the thing is, for every rat you see, there's like a hundred rats that you don't. <laughs> exactly. 
Isn't that what they say about infestations? Uh, I think that's what I think that's what we say about uh, Grant from Big Ears Rat Collection. Dude, I remember when I um when I worked in New York, I didn't want to eat at the at the Wendy's in our building because we had rats, so I knew that they definitely had rats. Yep. <laughs> yep. So I was like, you know, I know every place has rats, but at the same time, like, there's that mental bridge you have to cross, and sometimes you just can't. Yep. No, I don't. I don't like rats. Um, Physical yeah. rodents. You like the petals. I do like the petals. I don't like the animals. Um, not a fan. We had one in our yard when we first moved in. And I remember the first yeah. time I saw it, it was taking out the trash, which is on the side of the house. And I remember just hearing like scuttering like into the bushes. I'm like, oh, hell nah. So like immediate, like I don't even think I waited like the night. Like I went straight to Home Depot and I got a whole bunch of rat traps and started like borderline obsessively like looking up ways to like terminate uh exterminate did you there ever did, did you ever get one did you ever got catch one. them i got one and i think it was the only one that we had because i haven't seen one since uh-huh. um it was a big sucker too um, on that on that note <laughs> yeah so anyways not a fan but for authenticity i don't know i i think we you did just, an episode we, so for for gear stuff, we did an episode back in um, probably the first couple of months we started, and I shared kind of my thoughts on weird pedals and wanting to break out of the box and kind of breaking the authentic loop uh, is I think everyone should have one pedal on their board that they don't know what to do with. Sure. I don't really know what that has to do with authenticity, but sure. I think – I just I, – I, you know, I think – Authenticity I just, is boring. It's trite. It's stale. It's it, – it's – it's a non-issue that's an issue, and I think I'm a fan of just smashing it every way possible. Like, why? Why do we care? That's why I keep coming back to. Yeah, I I left quite a few comments that were just like, like replies to comments in my Phoebe Bridges video that they were like, so what? And uh, those almost never got responses. So, uh, so what? Um, yeah, for me, I think it's just like transparency is is cool like i think i think with consumer goods transparency is a little bit more important because i think it really sucks when you think that you're getting like one thing and you're not and if that was because of your own misunderstanding it's one thing but if it's because of like some deception like gear supply company i think is probably the best example saying that just was not authentic like there was no there was in, in deceptively inauthentic because they they made the claim that they were taking away removing the middleman between you and like your strings or whatever, but they were a middleman because they didn't make their strings like Stringjoy makes their strings right you know Gear Supply Company rebranded like yep. Everly Rockers and that was it. Yep. So. It, w- it would it would be like if Donner came and was like, "We designed this pedal." And you're like, right. "Then why is it identical to this other one?" Yeah, no. I, informed consumers are the best consumers. I think that should apply for music. I, I would love to see more transparency from the music industry, partially just 
because I'm frequently annoyed with people going like, oh, that's not the way things are. And someone's like, no, that is the way things are. And everyone's like, well, neither of you know. So what like what's an example of that? Um, like whether or not music and uh, like like what the record I'm thinking more in terms of like what record labels do or do not and how much control they have and whether or not certain songs are actually written by an artist. And I don't know. Well, it's, I, it's not common or good practice to like fudge liner notes. It does happen. Sure. Like, like I think that, One example is on the whole Celebrity Skin record, Patty, the drummer, isn't the drummer on the record. She's in the Mm. art. She's credited, but it's actually a completely different drummer. And that's, and that's like ghostwriting articles, which happens all the time. And, you know, it's not necessarily like, I mean, I can't complain about that. I've I've made lots of money from ghostwritten articles about software as a service stuff, you know, and, um, I mean, maybe that's not authentic, but, you know, it's getting approved somewhere. It's just, <sighs> yeah, I don't know. It's, I just think it's, it's something to, that that's, I don't think it's worth getting that caught up in it is, I guess, kind that's of my takeaway. Like, does it, does it affect you at all? If it doesn't, then maybe don't care. Like, you don't have to listen to Phoebe Bridgers. You all like you don't have to tweet about her. You don't have to care. I yeah, mean, but a, and a that successful you... woman has just ruined my whole existence, and I can't <laughs> handle it. As big of you to admit that. <laughs> <laughs> you said the quiet part out loud. <laughs> I can't sleep knowing that I'm not really that much of an alpha. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that yeah. sucks for you. I'm sorry to hear that. I'm also thanking you for um, your your levels being correct this week. I changed nothing. I don't know why. Well, actually, like it was the beginning of last week that you were way too loud and were clipping in the audio. And I would like to apologize for the audio, but that was not my fault. I've changed. <laughs> and you turned nothing. it down. <laughs> do I need to start locally know, recording audio to send you? I mean, technically, you are. Ow. Oh. <laughs> Well, thanks for watching. Thanks for understanding. Until next time, my name is Emily. And my name is Andrew with the... Ow, my shoulder. I was just stretching with my arms over my head and my shoulders like popped. Not at a joint, but it just like a real painful muscle pop. That's better. Until until next time, my name is Emily. My name is Andrew. Goodbye. Bye.